podcast with me, Kate Anderson, and you, the New Media Collective. The New Media Collective is a group of conscious entrepreneurs that are emerging out of the pack and becoming successful at their niche while practicing authentic engagement, lasting relationships, and are involved in innovative learning platforms. And together we're going we're to change the world. So amazing to have you all here today. And I wanted to start right off with the topic of today, which is exonerate your life and business. And I would like to read you the definition of the word exonerate. And then we'll go around the stage and let you speak about what that means to you. So the definition of exonerate, let me pull up my uh, definition of it. Here we go. The definition of exonerate is to absolve someone from blame for a fault or wrongdoing. It also means to release someone from something. In other words, Pope Clement V exonerated the king from his oath to the barons. So exonerate means to release, to release something, to let go of something. And when put into context here with entrepreneurship, exonerating your life and business. There's a whole lot of meat in that pie, so they say. To exonerate a life and a business is to let go of certain things, to release them out that don't serve, uh, to release the things out that don't serve us anymore. And I will give you an example of this. Um, I think that to release, uh, what I've released recently in my life is expectations the happen. So I expect that package to get delivered tomorrow because it has my brand new MacBook Pro in it. Well, when I, uh, when I expect that to happen and then tomorrow comes and I do not get my new computer, what happens? I feel angry. I feel resentful. And that does all sorts of things to my mind, body, and spirit. And as an entrepreneur, and a leader, and a facilitator of people, uh, I, I, I get to let those expectations go. And there's something magical that happens when I let those expectations go. So I would love to hear uh, from Zavi on this, and maybe going back and forth, uh, uh, I will honor our uh, Phil better. I want to I want to call you out as our uh, podcast producer. He is currently uh, recording our podcast, The Billion Dollar Mine. And so we will probably allow him to do the work. And so it would be kind of interesting just to kind of flow with you, Zavi, on this. And Aria, of course, if you have some uh, something to add to this, you can always unmute your microphone and speak on it. So to release one's life and business, uh, to release something, uh, to cause our life and business to have a greater trajectory towards success is really the topic today. So 
Uh, Zavi, what's on the top layer of the onion here, as they say, what does exonerate your life and business mean to you? Just, you know, right off the top of the onion. Yeah, great question, Tate. I think what comes up for me is um, we are all in a process of uh, detaching from outcomes and learning to love the process. And we spoke a bit about that yesterday in our one-on-one conversation. Um, when it comes to business, though, uh, we have to remind ourselves that to be fully exonerated is also to be uh, driven in, in one regard or the other to the results that sustain a business. Uh, as much as I wish we had a barter-based, service-based economy, we deal in uh, over here, U.S. dollars, and that is the nature of the game. And such uh, a nature of the game means that while we surrender to the process to exonerate ourselves from a result-driven mentality, we also accept that um, there's motivation, that there's uh, glory, there's excitement to the process of creating revenue to sustain ourselves and to support uh, our, our further business endeavors. So that's what comes up for me. Uh, I'm complete. Awesome, Zavi. Thank you very much. Uh, I want to go a little bit deeper into um, some of the some of the pain points and struggles that uh, you out there listening or those that are in this clubhouse room today might be going through. And here are a couple um, of an example of uh, exonerating oneself. Um, you know, when it comes to business, we have that internal drive and passion for what we want to do. And that comes very naturally to us, but it's not very easy to pin down and buy. So, you know, we jump into uh, different experiences in life to decide whether we like something or we don't like something. Um, and by the way, similarities and differences is the first cognitive mechanism that develops in the human brain, and it develops early, uh, around age three, four, and five. And so that's why you hear about like kindergarten rooms and uh, in preschool playing with <laughs> blue and green and red blocks or squares and triangles because similarities and differences are uh, is the first cognitive uh, uh, a recognition the brain makes in life in human beings. So it makes sense that we would want to explore, experience, and uh, discover what we like and what we don't like. And so consider the case of an individual who is, uh, you know, in their 30s, let's say. Um, we'll call him um, uh, Connor the Millennial, let's say. And, and uh, Connor is in. Uh, a job. He wants to leave his job, perhaps. Um, he does want to leave his job, in fact. And, and he desires online business. He knows there is something more. Okay, let's just take that much right there. With poor Connor the millennial in his full-time job, crushing it and, you know, getting awards and, and, and doing great things, getting raises and all of this stuff. Um, what might be a couple of things that Connor needs to exonerate from his life uh, in order to be successful in his life and business moving forward? Okay, so I'm setting this up as kind of a, an avatar 
a person, uh, if you will, a person who uh, is in his uh, job and he goes there 40 hours a week and he is on the payroll as a, uh, at least in the U.S., a W-2 employee receiving benefits. Um, and yet, they, he knows there is something more. I'm going to pause right there and turn it to Zavi to kind of pick up on this. And um, Zavi, would you like to embellish on uh, and expand on this character, this avatar, this person, uh, and what your impression of maybe what he wants to exonerate uh, in his his life? Sure, Tate. Yeah. Um, when it comes to uh, anybody making that transition, and I can resonate with that personally from having worked at a startup and as a barista, and having transitioned into the online coaching space, the desire to uh, further one's impact, to live one's life purpose, to find greater connection with individuals who are like-minded and like-hearted, uh, to further exonerate oneself in that, I, I think it goes to the core of unraveling uh, uh, parental or societal conditioning. Of, ah, uh, the safe way is the nine-to-five job. The safe way is the... Uh, ability to produce income doing something that I don't totally love, but is consistent. I want to try something new. I want to step into a greater depth of connection to my purpose. And I want to uh, allow that to fill what I do on a daily basis. Uh, now, I would say to Connor the millennial, be careful what you ask for. Uh, there's as much duty, responsibility, and intensity, dare I say, sometimes more in the process of being a coach or an entrepreneur. But with that being said, the ability to do so is uh, an exoneration in and of itself of what you may perceive to be necessary in order for you to live a life of purpose. So we're exonerating ourselves from false purpose and finding true purpose. I'm complete. That's interesting. Exonerating ourselves from false purpose. So much of our life, it, it really resonates with what you're saying, Bobby, with me. It's so much of your life is, um, uh, is learned even before the age of five. We know in human development, in neurological development, the values that we learn in life are learned very, very early. We're learning from the people that we were with when we were one, two, three, four, and five. And some even say we learn even before uh, we are uh, born uh, within in utero, uh, the mind picks up on certain things. That's why you see uh, pregnant women who may have like headphones up to their <laughs> up to their belly playing Mozart music, right? Um, the human mind is fantastic. It captures information, especially when information has emotion attached to it. And you mentioned something, Zavi, that I really, really, that landed really well for me, which is the depth of connection to purpose. Uh, we have such a deep connection to the purpose in our life because it's already been done in our brain. Uh, an example might be if I grew up in the south side of Chicago where things are pretty rough. There are gangs. There's violence. Uh, there are police officers who might be uh, viewed as either the saviors or the enemy. And what am I learning from that environment if that were me? I'm learning that safety is of uh, 
is a sensitive issue and that in order to stay safe, I have to do certain things. I might decide to uh, always stay inside. I may decide only to walk outside in the daylight uh, or in a group of people. I may decide to even join a gang because that way at least I'm safe. Safety, security is a powerful, powerful uh, human instinct toward uh, designing, uh, to, toward uh, creating and, and holding our values, right? Now, on the other hand, if I grew up in, uh, let's say, several different homes because uh, one of my parents was an executive with a very large firm and they uh, really made a lot of money and we always flew on a private jet from the moment I could walk, I developed safety in a different way. I may only have ever been around people who are of a certain class. I may only have had fine food. Uh, I, I may have uh, recognized that having seven houses is normal. And because later in life, I might lose one of those or have to sell it, perhaps that is an affront to my safety and security. And all sorts of things go wrong in the human brain. Actually, they go right, don't they? Because our, our brains are you know, designed perfectly to react to what scares us and what is, uh, puts us in fear. And so what I'm saying by this is that safety and security being one of the fundamental human needs comes right into that purpose, uh, comes right into the depth of connection to purpose. So Connor the millennial is uh, wanting to leave his job. Uh, he's desiring his online business, let's say, and he knows that there is something more. Uh, we don't really know about you know Connor and what we grew up with or the environment, but one big problem that Connor may have is that he is unhappy with his current life. He feels a great amount of unhappiness working his 40-hour week. And although he's successful at it, bringing in uh, enough uh, finances to live, uh, like Zavi said, we're not on the barter system at this point. So we do need capital in our bank accounts. And so one of the things that might scare Connor is the prospect of when he leaves his W-2 regular, uh, 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 consistent job, what is going to happen next? And so he absolutely uh, is unhappy with his current life, but is his unhappiness with his current life more unhappy than how unhappy he would be if he worried about where his next paycheck was coming from? Oh, that was a lot. That came out in a long-winded so here's a short one. Maybe Connor feels trapped. Feels trapped in his job. Maybe he's unclear though where he starts. Where does he start? He doesn't. He's never run an online venture business, so he's unclear. And perhaps he feels in his 30s that time is running out. You know, uh, not that it really is, but I think we get a sense in our life at some point that. We're no longer spring chickens, so to speak. 
We're no longer young. Um, and those of you who are young, uh, you will feel this at some point. Maybe you already have. But time is running out, and uh, he potentially has become frantic and crazy in his search for something better. And so uh, releasing and exonerating himself from all of, all of feeling frantic and feeling uh, trapped, uh, that's what he's looking for. And so I, I send the question out to you. And those on stage, you can answer this. Uh, for yourself, and we'll do that a little round. And then I'm also going to pose the question to our podcast listeners to make comments about as well. And just a little brief break here to let you know that if you are enjoying the Billion Dollar Mind podcast and, and that you're listening to it right now, and you're not in our clubhouse room, meeting Tuesdays and Thursdays at three, well, you can go ahead and subscribe to it and like the podcast in any platform that you're in now. And as always, you can always contact me, Kate, at Billion Dollar Growth, all one word, and I can connect you with any of the speakers in this room as well as they can share their information too. So thanks again for listening to the Billion Dollar Mind podcast of the New Media Collective. And with that, we'll segue back into uh, our, uh, our reflection on the question what is it? What are those pain points in our own lives that have caused us to make the leap from a regular business, uh, usually a, a nine to five, you know, business 40 hours a week into our own entrepreneurship ventures? And I'm going to pass the mic over to Aria. Uh, and Aria, would you like to uh, take a stab at this and let us know uh, maybe how it's been for you. I know you you appear to be a younger guy. I'm assuming in your 20s. So maybe you have or have not had an, uh, a regular job. Uh, I think most of us in the world have. But um, what caused you, Aria, to jump into being your own boss and being your own entrepreneur running your own business? And, and how is that going for you right now. So with that, I will pass the mic to you, Arya, and uh, we'll hear from you, my friend. Yes, Mr. Lot of my friends didn't think about this day, but they say that we are tired of this daily uh, routine of school. It's uh, very similar to like a job or a job doing people or employees work. So when I was uh, 14 years old, I used to play with my friends and in the time so I and him uh, play to a run away from village to another village just that and he had his uh, own farm in his house and at time he used to sell this fruit in the market but uh, in the 20s no, not many students like very interested in this Thank you, Arya. I heard you say schooling. Uh, are you currently in school yourself? Are you uh, uh, what? Uh, are you at uh, a university? Are you uh, in a trade school? Um, where where are you going to school at this point? Fantastic, fantastic graduating. And I'll tell you what. Um, I think that the uh, people today 
in school, whatever level that you're at, you know, and, you know, let's just, let's focus on, let's say, a college student um, and graduating from university, what frame of mind might that person be in? I mean, this person is in their early 20s, you know, and they have lived in a world where 20 years ago they were born, right? So that's right at around 2000 or 2001. And they've lived only in the 21st century. They've grown up with with uh, digital media. It's almost like they've grown up with a phone attached to their heart and they know how to use it. And that's just the way of the world and the economy of the world. Think about what's been going on in the early 21st century from uh, world events that have impacted the economy to uh, shifting over into cryptocurrencies and uh, the, the uh, ba- balancing the various global uh, world economies. Uh, and lately, if you're in college, you hear about things like credit debt or you hear about things like, uh, I, I don't know if I even have the power to um, get uh, to qualify for a loan uh, for my housing. And so, yeah, economics, right? Economy and our system in the world today, it's largely a capital system in this world and you have to have the money. And so somebody who's in college today versus when I graduated from university in 2001, and that dates me a bit. I'm a 1978 model of human being. <laughs> and so I'm so old and I shouldn't be on Instagram is what I've been told. But I love it. And I love Clubhouse and it's all fun. So uh, I identify as an honorary millennial. That's the truth of, of where I am uh, because I like that. I'm actually a Gen Xer, right? The very end of Gen X, Gen Y kind of thing. And so when I graduated college in 2001, I'd already gone to college because in the 90s, the economy was pretty good and I was able to you know, do that. But when I graduated was uh, 2001 and what happened in the U.S. in 01, it's uh, uh, 9-11 and uh, the idea that the world isn't safe anymore. Uh, so I'm starting out my career in a world that's unsafe. And uh, when I started the career, my career as a teacher, I was in the classroom on the day that the plane struck the World Trade Center. We were watching it on our crummy old 1970s box TV kind of thing that the school didn't update yet. And we saw that happen. And I watched all the students' faces turn from, you know, happiness to fear. And all in about a course of one second, as I saw their faces, uh, Something was lost in that moment. And I'm being geographically uh, U.S. centered because that's my experience. But in your countries, uh, wherever you are, there have been equally impactful uh, events. Now, so, you know, some of, I say all of this to kind of understand back to Aria and your generation uh, of people, which I believe is called Gen Z now or something like that. Is that correct? Gen Z or the Zoomers or something like that. I don't know if we really know yet and why do we even need to classify it. But, you know, it helps a little bit just to get to know people. So 
we're talking about, you know, exonerating ourselves. And uh, I needed to exonerate myself from safety and security in a big way because my formative starting of my career was based on that event that happened that was so scary. And what was going to happen next? So I lived my life in fear for about 20 years from 01 to actually just, uh, I, I'm not even, if I'm honest, really sure that it's been released quite yet. So for me, my own exoneration is, and you, I, I get to, if I choose to, exonerate myself from the false need I have to protect my ego and self from uh, security, from, from being harmed. So that's one way I can exonerate myself. Now, um, Aria, what, you know, in, in the economy and the way it is, and people with big houses and toys that had them and you know, what's one area you think you could exonerate your life in to improve and uh, to further scale your, your DJ, right? Your, your music composing business. And I'll hand the mic to you. Okay, so what I hear you say is, I hear you say things like guidance and clarity and uh, coaching from people who have been there before who want who can help guide you uh, and make the right choices, the choices so you don't have to make mistakes. And so maybe to exonerate yourself, Aria, is to uh, be able to be part of, like you are, and you're such an active member of the New Media Collective, and you're in our WhatsApp group, and you're in our Facebook group, and you're learning uh, from people, not just me, but um the people are on our mastermind and the people that are not in the mastermind that are in the collective who share information with each other to help each other grow. So uh, I think it's really great that you shared uh, some of your experience with business so far early in your journey, Aria. And I cannot wait for you to smash it, smash it, kill it, and and just stoke, stoke it up uh, into this magnificent future you have and to you know lift yourself out of your path lift yourself out of not knowing how to do things quite yet and start building your self-confidence that you can do it and so it's great to have you in the room and thank you so much for sharing aria um, and with that i'm going to pass over the mic to uh, zavi and ask zavi if he has an area he uh, is most recently exonerating in his life and business. And so I'll pass the mic to you, Zavi. Yeah, thank you, Tate. I think exoneration for me comes from a, a process of integrating many businesses across many platforms and surrendering to the fact that uh, one will win out. And that's a scary process. And in some ways, also a depressing process to acknowledge that uh, when you go full force with uh, any given project per se, it may not bear the fruits that you hope. So the surrender that comes with that, uh, the consistency and the drive to continue to produce, share, and expand is what motivates me to continue showing up for all of the projects that I have going, whether they be public or not, because I have plenty of uh, ideas back here at home I'm working on. So uh, exoneration from that perspective of 
exonerating myself from the need to produce results uh, is actually in some way a fast track to getting there. So that's what comes up for me, Tate. I'm complete. Thanks, Savi. I have a deeper question, a one, a follow-up on that is how do we know which one is right? How do we know which option? Uh, which, which, what are the guideposts, the signs, the feelings, the thoughts, the uh, results that we're getting, whatever it is, what, what in your life has shown you the way, so to speak, into your niche and your niches? Because I know you are in the fitness health space, a mindful fitness health space, as well as in the coaching, mentoring, and communication space. And so many people in business say that we need to focus only on one area and stick with it until it's successful. And once we can prove that, then we can expand it to other areas. So uh, what are what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, thank you, Tate. Um, in the words of Gary Vee, the answer is not either or, it's always both. And so what comes up for me is uh, there are different aspects of my own personality that drive me to either project. Uh, for example, an innocent, uh, naive part of me is really excited to continue pursuing things with stoked and to uh, share that. And then a part of me that's uh, a, a bit more mature and also um, a bit more stoic has a deeper grinder mentality. Um, is not giving up on health and wellness coaching because it represents such an integral part of my process. And I, for that, I have tremendous talent. Uh, I think the beauty of both is that eventually the universe, God, whatever you believe in, will show you how the two can dovetail or which one is meant to be. So from a sensations perspective, it often becomes, okay, interesting. How deeply am I willing to how should we say, how deeply am I willing to continue to pursue the excitement, the joy, and yet the surrender to challenge and difficulty that this path represents, regardless of where I get results? And that that middle path, as we say in Buddhism, between uh, just doing things from a purely naive and excited place and the wisdom and the intuition of a mature perspective. Uh, is where I find my middle ground. I'm complete. Thank you, Tate. Wow. The middle way, the middle way is, uh, foreign, is, uh, it's really not very comfortable for those that I've grown up around. We're either or people. Uh, we're black and white as a culture in the states that I live in and the country that I live in. Things are very polarized. Uh, you're either a Democrat or you're a Republican. Uh, oh, and by the way, there is an independent registration, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> it's, it's our propensity as humans to want to know the definition and know. We want to know for sure. We want to be confident and be confident in that job interview. Who cares if you're, you're embellishing a little bit here or there? Just tell them that you can do it. That's important. Be confident. And that comes with a price. A price is, uh, <laughs> in health, the price is it elevates our system in our mind that defends ourself, our ego. It elevates cortisol levels and adrenaline. It uh, accelerates aging. Uh, it causes rifts 
between communities. And within the brain, this is going on each day. I'm sure it is for you that are listening out in the podcast world. And I'm sure on stage, it happens for us too. It's black and white thinking. It's being polarized. In fact, you could sum it up in this way. I feel split, right? Uh, that's not a feeling, that's a thought. But I, I feel, I feel confused. I feel torn apart. I feel guilt. I can't serve two masters. That's a, that's another one that comes up a lot. Why not? I argue why not. And Azavi, you evoked the un the unspeakable thing that spirit, that uh, God, that religion, that whatever it is in each and every one of our individual lives. That how do we identify our purpose? Uh, where does it show up in our mind, or is it in our heart? Uh, some people see a doorknob and say, well, you know, that is a sign. You know, that doorknob is broken, so I shouldn't go in that door. And, you know, there's realists in the world, there's spiritualists, there's all sorts. But one thing is for sure is that referring back to exonerating our business and our life and, and specifically to uh, Connor, Connor the millennial, let's say his name is, I was saying poor Connor, poor Connor earlier because, you know, his profession, he wants to leave his job that he's stuck in. He feels trapped in his job. He's unhappy with his life. He's feeling, uh, he's unclear, not about his job. He's smart. He's well into his career. He's unclear where to start. He doesn't know where to start in his own venture, in his own entrepreneur, his own online business. Yet time is running out, so he feels frantic. He feels scared that if he doesn't make a move now, it's a FOMO, fear of, of fear of missing out. And he's potentially split in many directions. He's potentially broken and shattered into many different pieces. And what that does to us, I think, is when we're shattered, whether it's emotionally or mentally, we have to pick up pieces, and it's overwhelmingly painful. Uh, in fact, it can even cause a person, and let me get this term right, um, it can even cause a, a person to feel, uh, I'm thinking of the term here, it can cause this person to feel like, um, oh, gr crippling self-doubt. You know, I could doubt myself so much that I, I cripple myself. I, I'm frozen in action. I can't take any action. I'm so scared. So, so perhaps what Connor needs to exonerate himself, we ought to start by sharing about like what his uh, biggest goal would be. What are the things in Connor's life that make him shine? What, what make him happy and give him enjoyment. And, you know, at the beginning of the call, I asked about uh, a podcast call, whatever this is, <laughs> about, uh, I asked about uh, what our hobbies were. I said gardening. Zavi said uh, so many things, um, but one of the things uh, that is meditation Phil said, interviewing people and communicating with people. 
Arya, um, you know, you, you like games, uh, video games. It's amazing how video games these days are so realistic and they're simulations. They're not just mindless games. Uh, they are an experience. Uh, and also Arya, I'm assuming music and those purpose, uh, that purpose that we have is the reason they're hobbies for us because we don't get paid for them necessarily. Unless you're Phil, the podcast mogul, and then you've, you've found the magic formula when you can make your hobby what you want. And that's, in essence, what we're talking about here is exonerating our life and business so that our hobby is our, our business. We get to share our hobby with others, love doing our hobby, and be rewarded for it. So that's the ultimate in, uh, that is the ultimate, uh, in our, in our business journeys, right? So Connor's biggest goal might be something along the lines of waking up each day, loving life. You know, that first moment rolling out of bed, maybe he doesn't want to hit the snooze button because he's like, bam, standing up immediately saying, I'm ready for the day. I can't wait for what it's going to bring. Wake up loving life each day. Uh, Maybe he also has a goal financial freedom you know maybe he's not saying something like i want to be a billionaire he's saying i want financial freedom i don't want to live paycheck to paycheck anymore because although you know i'm in a job of 40 hours a week i i'm not being compensated for exactly what's coming in is going out basically and that's a lot of us have had that issue or are having that issue of what comes into the bank account goes out. In fact, what the savings account might be something that Connor would say. Um, and so he also wants to serve his unique value. Uh, so he's finally not chasing anymore. So what's your biggest goal comes to mind. Um, and Phil, I am going to check in with you and see if you're available to provide any feedback or thoughts on anything we've talked about yet so far. So Phil, I'll give you the microphone. All right. Uh, Yes, you can hear me. Yes, it's working. Um, Sorry. I had a little trouble a little before with getting on, but uh, yeah. um, I like everything. I know what Connor is kind of going through because I'm kind of like a gentrified uh, uh, millennial here and dealing with the way uh, the world's changing and all that and how we have to come up with it. And yes, I am lucky I've been able to use podcasting to uh, make a living. But when I started, man, it was hard before I started building out the systems and all that and learning. And every day is a struggle. You you learn um, and, uh, you, you know, you can do it if you just forgive yourself. Like you have to exonerate the the, the guilt that you may feel uh, about not going out for drinks with friends or, you know, uh, you, you those late nights, you know, like sometimes you're going to have to forgive yourself for not watching a movie with your friends because you're here hustling, uh, editing an, a podcast that's going over an hour, making sure it's the best quality or you're reaching out, uh, and emailing, uh, potential clients. So that is something you have to exonerate the guilt of life out of you. If you want to go down into an entrepreneurial uh, path 
And uh, that's really it. And I'm really glad that, Tate, you've given me this opportunity to turn this uh, amazing masterminds that you get to have each twice a week uh, into a podcast so people can listen to it uh, afterwards and then figure out uh, how to join as quick as possible. And that is, of course, in the show notes down below. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you want to follow any of the uh, amazing people that are here, uh, you can find their uh, links in the show notes down below. And uh, with that, I am complete. Bill, you said something that was, uh, you know, it dug right down through. It, it sunk into my ears all the way in my brain and down into my heart, which is uh, the term gentrified millennial. Can you define that for those that might not know what that means? So a, like a gentrified uh, millennial is anybody who's pretty much born because millennials are apparently from uh, born from 1980 or 81 all the way to like 2000. The, they were the babies before the millennial. Um, and sometimes they push it into the uh, early 2000s. I'm not, I'm not sure the actual dates, but uh, there is a, like a subclass of millennials because we were born in the 80s. Uh, we grew up with no technology, but we also grew up while the technology was being built and seeing how it's growing and becoming commonplace. So we fit into like two categories. We're not the obnoxious, like stuck up, um, sometimes what like whiny babies that sometimes get coined as millennials because we can relate to what the Gen X, the Gen Xers have gone through because we were born kind of growing up with their stuff in the 90s where you guys were coming into your a your your growth and your age and that so we're kind of like gentrified uh we're already considered old because we lived during the time when the internet wasn't like lightning fast or everybody didn't have you know uh the world in their palm of their hand so we look like we're not gen xers who had the gripe that the gen xers do but we don't have the same problem as the younger millennials do so we're gentrified millennials and with that I'm going to go uh, yell at kids on my lawn. Okay, 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 okay. I am getting three soapboxes out. That's a really old term, but you know what I mean. I'm getting up on three soapboxes. Number one, damn it, I just missed the millennial generation, and it pisses me off so much because I am so attached to the values that millennials have of experiencing life, enjoying the experience of life, and not necessarily needing, and I'm speaking in generalities, I don't mean to categorize everybody, but on the whole, millennials know how to have a good time. And this guy, this guy right here gets hustling so much. Before the word hustle came in, um, I was hustling, and it, 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 it's taken so much away from my life experience. And I, I regret not being able to enjoy life, have fun more earlier in life. And uh, so, gosh darn it, uh, I uh, soapbox one, I wished I were millennial. Okay, <clears throat> jump over soapbox two. Two, anyone that ever called a millennial later, uh, they can't focus. So they, oh, they just need their stand-up desk. Or they, gosh, you know, they're always on those little scooters riding on the sidewalks and electric cars and tiny homes and stuff. You know what? I, I'll punch you in the face. No, I'm just kidding. I would never do that. I'm a pacifist, really. But I am so, so uh, empathetic, compassionate, and grateful for the millennial generation in my own life helping me to ease, 
ease off of myself and relax and enjoy the experience of living life. And, um, okay, soapbox three. Bill. Bill. You just said that you were old. Do you know what that makes me? Oh, my God. All makes right, you young. Right. I'm ending the room right now. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it is it is so awesome to hear about the gentrification of sort of that. There's another split, right? Do I belong here or do I belong here? Um, and, you know, what's interesting is Gen Z, uh, you know, uh, maybe Zachary Z it could be our avatar for Gen Z to exonerate his life and business. He's already a digital native, like he was a digital in utero. Um, and so it's not, you know, it's not uncommon for those, especially in their 30s. I've found after exiting my 30s three years ago, um, I have found that 30s are that, that when my life was the shift over into, I'm old. Oh no. What have I done in my life so far? Uh, am I ever going to make an impact? Um, what am I really doing? Do I have a family? Do I have friends? What are my aspirations? Oh my gosh, it's getting late. I need to make a change or do something. And so I have such compassion for what you said, Phil. I'm a centrified millennial. Um, I get what you're saying. How does that land for you, Zavi? I know that you may fit into some of that category or may not, uh, but uh, I would hand the mic to you to, to respond as well. Uh-oh, Zavi got eaten up by the clubhouse gremlins too. So I'm just going to kind of stall for a moment and see if maybe he's available. Zavi, are you there? Zavi, did the gremlins get you too? No, the gremlins did not get me, hopefully. I'm still here. No, the gremlins, that's too much of a Gen X reference. Now I can't even use that. <laughs> Zavi, uh, what, you know, as Phil said, the, the, the idea of the gentrified millennial and some of the rotten things that people say about the millennial generation, um, you know, how does, how does that resonate in your heart? Well, I, I do think a bit of it is true. Uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I do think there's a tremendous sense of entitlement, uh, some laziness, some desire to skirt the personal responsibility associated with being an entrepreneur or just, you know, any given individual based on the, the depth of reliance that I noticed in my generation on parental support. Uh, myself at times included in that, but I'll say one thing that the inspiration and creativity that is represented by being a, a fully functional um, human being, as it were, uh, in the entrepreneurial space, uh, does cater to millennials in a really beautiful way. And I think it invites uh, collaboration, creativity. I think there's a tremendous amount of uh, inspiration and the willingness to follow one's dream as a part of the generation I found myself in. Um, not necessarily affixing myself to a label, but uh, being a part of it for sure. And so, uh, yeah, that's that's what comes up for me is just the the art and the recognition that um, we are a very creative bunch and we are a very creative group that wants to spread our inspiration across the globe. And, and sometimes we could benefit from perhaps humbling ourselves to the ways of the world. And uh, while also carving our own path, uh, listening to our elders uh, in the ways in which they have uh, made their way 
and and being humble to that, being receptive to that. I'm finished. Thank you, Dave. Wow. The willingness to allow your dreams, the willingness to allow dreams. Um, I want to welcome Stacy into our audience today. Stacy, I want to welcome you to the New Media Collective. But before I uh, have you introduce yourself, I do need to let you know that the New Media Collective is trying something new on Clubhouse, and that is we are recording this room for our podcast, The Billion Dollar Mind. And so the New Media Collective is a group of conscious entrepreneurs who are interested, no, passionate about genuine engagement with one another, lasting relationships, and innovative learning. And we just got our start, um, and we're growing uh, in mass. Everyone's coming and joining our free Facebook private group, our WhatsApp on the go group. We have a Pinterest group. We have, we're, we're multi-platform because we're multi-dimensional. And so if you're all right with being on our podcast, The Billion Dollar Mind, then I need to let you know that that is what we're doing. Uh, we're recording it for a podcast. So, uh, Stacey, I do want to give you the chance to introduce yourself and tell us about your business and passion. And then we'll get right back to exonerating our life and business. So I'm going to hand the microphone to you, Stacey, and welcome, my friend. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you guys for having me. Thanks for the invite, Phil, as well. Um, yeah, so I'm Stacey Price. I do a podcast called Price on Purpose. It's about learning one's purpose and kind of, I guess, in your your wheelhouse, what it sounds like you guys are about, which is just being conscious of our behavior and how to get to our next level, like whatever the level may be. So I do help people like understand why they're depressed as well and like taking steps to move forward outside of that or learning to live with it in a way where it's not say like hindering your lifestyle. Um that's pretty much it. I'm just I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad to hear what else you guys are talking about. And, of course, if you have any questions for me, I'll be happy to answer. I hope I have some for you as you guys continue. Thank you, Stacy. I just read your Twitter bio, and in it, it says, Einstein is my homeboy. I love it. Can you explain? <laughs> yeah. What do you love so much about Einstein? Oh, man. I, for me, uh, growing up and, and coming into the version I am today, he has been someone that I've appreciated with his way of thought, you know, and questioning everything and not just accepting the status quo. He challenged it. And I just love like almost all of his quotes. I actually even have um, E equals MC squared tattooed on my arm <laughs> as a reminder that um, just because something does not exist yet doesn't mean that it can't. And it kind of gives me my, uh, I guess, way of getting up in the morning to keep going because just because I may not see something out in society doesn't mean that it can't be created. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You know, Einstein, didn't he do very poorly on his IQ tests and in schoolwork, but yet he had the emotional intelligence and awareness intelligence of, uh, he is a genius, obviously, but um, that is another dimension. And you said this current version of myself in a moment ago, and I want to just tack on that when we meet together, 
uh, on this podcast, in this room on Clubhouse, the New Media Collective, with uh, those of us in the room, uh, right now there are five, and it's a quality group of people here. And if you think about it, five people with an average age of, I'll be generous, 30, and 30 times five is 150 years of rich experience of life. That's no joke. And the quality that's coming from and emanating from the five in this room is what Napoleon Hill refers to in Think and Grow Rich and many other of the sort of business spiritualists and, and everything uh, sect uh, mentions that uh, when five, you know, people are in a mastermind kind of setting, there is a sixth sort of mastermind that is created and it's a, a sort of presence in a room, and I don't mean to get all woo-woo and spiritual, it just is, that's the fact, is when we talk together and speak together and are flowing in that consciousness together, it's almost as if a greater mind is, is with us, and that's the definition of a mastermind as for Napoleon. So, thank you, Stacy, for being here. It is an honor to meet you, and we will sort of settle back into this idea of exonerating your business and life and remembering our avatar, we're talking about Connor the Millennial and has, and his journey to exonerate his life and business based on some factors that we were talking about. And some of those factors were, number one, you know, his profession, what he's doing. He wants to leave his job. He desires an online business. He knows there's something more. And I added one from Zavi that is that he has a depth of connection to his purpose. But the problem, this is the second factor, right? The problem is that he is unhappy with his current life. He, he's feeling trapped. You know, he's got this 40-hour-a-week job feeling trapped. He's unclear where he can start uh, in entrepreneurship and online business. Although he has all the tools, he's just unsure. His time, he feels, is running out. He's in his 30s, maybe, but he feels his time is running out. And he's tried so many things, he's become frantic. And the third uh, factor is that goal, that he wants to wake up loving every day. Uh, he wants to wake up bouncing out of bed, ready to go. He wants financial freedom. And he wants to serve his unique value and stop chasing the dream and living it. So it brings us to our fourth sort of wedge in the puzzle. And uh, before Zavi has to, oh, Zavi did have to leave. I wanted to thank Zavi for being in the room. He has an appointment he needs to get to. So Zavi D, Zavi Donabedian um, at uh, Stoked Communication. You can follow him there. And we'll also have his bio in the show notes. And I thank Zavi for being on stage. So th now we return to the biggest um, wedge that's stopping our millennial comment. From, uh, from exonerating himself, and that is primarily crippling self-doubt. And he hasn't found that one thing yet that makes him want to wake up and love each, life, love each day. And all of this comes down into this heavy gravity feeling overwhelmed. And so what's stopping him is his self-doubt and his feeling overwhelmed. So, being that we're talking about exonerating this avatar, this avatar uh, who is a simulated person that we're talking about, 
Yeah, his previous attempts that he's tried, he's tried doing it himself. Himself, he's tried DIY, do it himself. He's been on IG. He knows IG like the back of his hand. I Instagram. He's got an account, but it's more of a business account. You know, he's on LinkedIn because he's in a corporate job. He's uh, using YouTube and learning from all of, uh, of the channels on YouTube, which are so many that he's overwhelmed. And he has some consulting. Uh, experience with small clients, but little financial gain, because most of his work has been put in on the job. And he's tried some business programs before, but he's lacked inspiration because they've all been, you know, business programs where maybe it's about getting ahead in a corporate job, but none about, you know, starting his online business and getting a good launch on it. So he's saying some things to himself. Right. If I'm in this situation, I'm saying to myself some things that are probably negative. But Connor is saying things like, "I'll never get ahead. I'm missing out. You know, no one is helping me. Feel alone. And there's got to be something more to life. You can't continue to be stuck in this cubicle." And then I also, you know, I think of the term, the acronym SML, which you can figure out and know what that means, right? SML. He's just, he is demoralized and dejected. And he wants to be, you know, saying things to himself. Like, I love life. I, I have freedom to explore and experience life. I'm finally debt free. I've made more in three months than in my entire year working in the, in the corporate job. I have time for friends and family. I have time to go get a craft brew out of the brewery. See a movie, go bowling. I have time to live a van life in the summer if I want to. And I trust myself. That's a big one. He desires this inner dialogue, which our inner voice in our head, right? I trust myself. Um, the inner dialogue that we have in our heads is something that's very powerful. And it's very poignant to be able to define it, too. And so with that... I want to go over to Aria again. Aria, I want to ask you, what kind of thoughts might go through your head about your business? Um, not thoughts that you want to think, but thoughts that are going through your head. And you can share as much or as little as you want to about this, Aria. Um, but I would love to hear what thoughts are rattling around in your head that might not be so happy. You know, one or two of those thoughts, and I'll I'll hand the mic over to you. Fantastic. So, what other people are doing, right? Is that what you're saying, Arya? Uh, I'm having just a bit of a trouble hearing you. If you could maybe speak a little closer to the microphone, but I heard what you said to be you are seeing that other people are successful, and uh, that feels. I am assuming that that feels. Uh, uh, difficult to, to, you know, you want to be there too. Is that what you're saying? Indeed. Having questions and just being unclear about, uh, unsure about my footing, right? I don't know exactly what to do to get my Instagram account to grow so that I can attract other clients uh, to my business. Uh, in your case, listeners, right, to your music that you have on YouTube, that your, your amazing beats that you've composed. How do I get people to come there? 
how do I get people to get to my Instagram page so that they can listen to the music that's in my heart? And that's all about being unsure. And uh, it's not your fault if you are unsure. It just simply means that I haven't experienced it yet, right? So um, it's so nice to share the thought in your head or to hear you share the thought in your head that says, I'm not confident yet. And that causes a feeling inside, you know, that it's probably a feeling of being left out or a feeling of competition of, oh, no, other people are getting this. Why can't I get this? It might even be frustration. It might be uh, sometimes it's anger. Like, God, why can't I just get this right? Why can't I get people to listen to this music that I know is amazing? And so, by the way, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, Aria, you can you can go and follow Aria at Anti-Cyclo, at Anti-Cyclo, all one word on Instagram. And you can find his YouTube page and listen to his beats that he's composing. Uh, I find them to be very sophisticated beats, very uh, high level, um, you know, you know, he's making an impact already, and it would be amazing if you checked his YouTube page out. You can find him again at, at Anti-Cyclone. All right. Arya, is there anything else that you wanted to add, my friend? Did you want to say anything else about other thoughts that are going through your head? So, Cash FX. Cash FX, is that what you're saying? Okay, so Cash FX. Um, it's a trading platform for, is it like crypto, cryptocurrency, things like that? I think it might be. So, yes. So, I'm thinking that Cash FX uh, is one. There are many on Instagram. I'm looking right now. Cash FX. Uh, Cash FX group. And this particular account uh, looks as though it's a visionary team committed in delivering exceptional results. And it's a trade platform, and it looks like it is uh, Forex traders, proprietary software, okay, foreign exchange traders. In other words, people that trade U.S. dollars or uh, for uh, British, uh, I guess we're back to pounds in Britain, uh, and, and, and euros. And the idea is investment banking kind of stuff, but it's with foreign exchange. Now, I am not an expert on this, so I can't speak to that. Um, is, uh, does anyone else have any, uh, any way to answer that? Phil or Stacy, do you have any experience with, with cash FX or any kind of trading for ARIA? I would, uh, as I'm a, a moderator and an administrator of a group for investors that are beginning, that's over 50,000 members, I would advise area just to stay away from that stuff. Uh, it's not really worth it. It is a chance that you'll get scammed or lose your money. Uh, the best thing is just to uh, read up on uh, regular investing and that and learn from uh, the books that are been used by specialists. Find some uh, big uh, investors who you admire and follow them, and that's how you learn to grow your wealth. And stay away from uh, FX trading. It's uh, If you know nothing about the stock market, it's not worth your time to get into it. Thank you, and I, uh, I am complete. 
Thank you, Phil. Um, Aria, you are in some dangerous territory when it comes to trading. And I'm going to say that uh, here's a thought that might be going through your head as someone who's starting out as an artist, right? How do I get rich quick? And you're not trying to get rich quick by, <laughs> you know, for yourself. You're trying to find investments into your art and your music so that you can, you can share it with the world and provide value. And then also people start liking your music and it returns, right? Because we're all in business. Now, be very careful of any get rich quick, uh, any words that say that, in my opinion, again, I am not a finance person, but I recently have explored um, the cryptos, but I am now, um, let's see, I am about uh, six years into my digital marketing journey and three years into my, into my mentorship journey. And I've just now started to play with it because I was interested. And what I did uh, was use the, an app like, you know, uh, just basically cash app. And I took some extra uh, income and it was really, it was a hundred bucks. It was a hundred dollars. And I was able to, I didn't need it. And I invested it just to test it out and see what happened. And it's a very volatile market. It's up and down all the time. There are always people that know more about <laughs> that know the tricks of the trade more than I do, who can, you know, people, I don't like to think people have poor intentions, but a lot of people do. And so I would caution you. Now, a solution to the thought, and this is perfect, it falls into how do I exonerate myself being a person who is in school, I've spent my money to be in school, and I don't have a ton of cash flow to invest in growing. There are so many beautiful ways to be organic, it is risky, but there are so many beautiful ways to organically, in other words, for free, uh, on Instagram and by connecting and networking with even the New Media Collective here, where you can find people that resonate with your purpose in music. And so I would stick with the long game, my friend, right? I would stick with the tortoise, not the hare. Um, it's always better to have quality slower growth than to jump into something because it's get rich quick. It's like the genie gives you the, the genie gives you, uh, the, the, what is it? The teeth, the lantern, you rub the lantern and you get three wishes. And, you know, I always make the wrong wish. And it's like winning the lottery. You know, it's like 98% of those that win the lottery are broke after, <laughs> after a year. So anyone listening out there who might be starting out, uh, it's always, it, it, well, and not all of them are scams. There are really great people out there doing good work. But Arya, I want you to connect with Raj Singh. He is a mastermind member of the New Media Collective, and he is a PR marketing expert. Connect with Raj, you know him, and ask him these questions. There are some ways to get funding for your for artists, and he knows them. Raj Singh, and he is at X as in the letter X, exclusive PR UK on Instagram, exclusive PR UK on Instagram. Okay. So let's bring it back to the question. 
how do I get funding? How do I start? What is the thought that's running through Arya's head? The thought is, how do I get money? I'm just starting out and it's, it's not fair that I don't have enough resources to be able to show my music to the world. Well, that is one of your ways you get to exonerate yourself. And if you do it the right way, the way that is quality and the way that I think so far we've talked about, uh, it is going to exonerate your life. You're going to find people that are interested in you as a person and as an artist who really care about you and will guide you to the right place. So does that answer your question? Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So, you know, bringing it back to Colin the Millennial. Wait, was it Colin? Connor. Connor the Millennial. And he had that idea, that internal dialogue that was negative. FML. I'll never get ahead. I'm missing out. Um, I would love to ask uh, Stacey, um, how does that land for you? And what thoughts have you had in the past in your head that you've needed to exonerate yourself from? Good question. Um, I might need you to ask that again. Um, so you mean as far as like transitioning from like working the nine to five and then eventually getting that independence in a sense in your own business? Yes, that is spot on, my friend. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm actually new at this. Um, Phil knows a little bit of my story, but it, it is a transition. It's not the easiest of transitions and I don't think it's built that way um, because there's different levels of self kind of like how I you know introduced myself before and that's what I'm learning now that everybody has something special about them and to get to that and to find what that is like let's say you know like for Aria you, you like music or so or or any other person that would say they're a millennial there's no shortcut. And I think that we all think that, or sometimes I guess in some pieces of our life, we feel like, oh, well, all I need to do is go online. Um, I'll just stream every day and, you know, I'll get there and it'll be so easy and I'll be a millionaire by Tuesday. Like that is not how it works. Like you actually have to put in the work. And something I'm also learning now is that although we want to do it ourselves, and and say like okay all i did was go online i had a couple of automated things set up and you know i send out messages and you can't do it alone it's it's really about one finding what it is that you you want to do and being patient with that journey because it doesn't happen at the same time for everyone um two appreciate the journey <laughs> because if you don't appreciate the journey you're definitely not going to appreciate it when you get there. And three, reach out to people and ask for help. Um, like I said, this is not, and as I know, because I'm going through it now, it is not something that is going to happen by next Tuesday. It's something that may or may not even happen within the next year or two. It's a process that needs to be appreciated, planned out, uh, something that we need to be patient with and grateful for. And finding the right people happens in those moments. So, for example, I quit my job last year, October, uh, not October, August. Actually, it's been a year since I left my, my seven to five or seven to six. 
And I recently, you know, I, I started picking up opportunities and I'm grateful that I received the opportunities and I'm still learning about my process in that. But because I'm picking up these opportunities, I'm meeting awesome people like you guys, like Phil. Um, I'm meeting all types of people and the internet is your key because everybody's online. <laughs> Everybody is online. And if you see somebody doing something, that's the beauty of the internet. Because if you see somebody doing something that you want to do, or you want to be like this artist, or you want to be like that person, find out the steps that they took and find out the steps that worked and find out the steps that didn't so that you can be like, okay, you know, that, that may or may not serve me in this moment, or it may or may not speak to me of the way I, I want my vision to look. But it's a process. I, I don't think it's something that can be rushed. And, and I know it, it, it's, it's, it's exciting because it's like you have it in your head and you want to like, oh, I just can't wait to share it. But the thing is, you can share it, but get a good team, take the time to do your research and be patient and most, most importantly, appreciate that journey. I hope I answered the question, Beta. Wow. 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 I, I, I'm really, really grateful to meet you, Stacey. You have such a stable and, uh, pers uh, such a stable perspective on that quality growth. And my, one of my earlier mentors said this, this said this to our team, yes. a small business that I helped to grow to the $10 million mark. And, uh, it was, uh, don't wish for easy. And I hated him for saying that. Don't wish for easy. And it's like, God, why can't you just stop saying that? He was like a broken record. Don't wish for easy. And it's true. Because if it were easy, who would be doing it? Every single person on social media, the 2.5 billion people on Instagram, Facebook construct are all going to be doing it. And then how am I going to show my unique voice to the world and provide value to people and then receive value back, right? So don't wish for easy. Now, the thoughts that go through the, that go through the head of Connor the millennial when it comes to, when it comes to his inner dialogue saying, you know, I'll never get ahead. I'm missing out. No one's helping me. You know, no one's helping me. Stacy, you hit the nail on the head. No one's helping me thought is a misnomer. It's, it's a false thought because everyone's connected on the internet. So look at all the people. We have a rich community of our new media collective willing to help in an authentic manner. You don't have to do this alone. In fact, you cannot do this alone. I cannot do this alone. That's why as a facilitator of the New Media Collective, I've asked for help from now, I think, 17 members of the mastermind who are helping me to develop this vision. I'm not the answer. I cannot fix anything alone. I, uh, I with people, um, the awareness behind Tate and that vision, and Tate, the person, me, um, I can't do it alone. And when I go out and try to do quick things, 
when I try to shortcut things, uh, that's when I get in trouble. So rest assured and trust that staying with uh, membership in the New Media Collective will help you with that, Aria. So I hope that that answered your question, Aria. And can you give me, a, let me know if that answers all your questions? You're welcome, my friend. It is always amazing to have you in our rooms. And I thank you for sharing your voice in Clubhouse on stage for the first time. This is a courageous, beautiful person, Aria. And you are, and you are doing this. You are successful just by taking this step. So let me just kind of return and wrap things into our final five or so minutes because those that know me know that I do not like marathon clubhouse rooms. <laughs> I, my brain gets too fried from them. So to kind of sum up what we've been talking about, we've been sharing about how to exonerate or release yourself from uh, the troubles and pain points in your life and business. And we've been using this, uh, this idea of our, and our avatar named Connor the Millennial and his inner dialogue of negative things was stuff like, ah, I'll never get ahead, missing out, no one's helping me. There has got to be more to life. Now, there is something called the desired inner dialogue, and this is where we need to get to in our life and business, which is, for Connor, it's, I love life. I have the freedom to explore uh, the mountain trails and take a mountain bike out there. I've got I've, I'm debt-free. I've paid my college tuition off. My loans are paid off. I've made more money in three months than my entire year working in a corporation. And time for friends and family is probably most important. And I trust myself. So these are the thoughts that are the positive inner dialogue that we want to help Connor get to. Now, here's the real beauty of having listened to this podcast. What we've done in this podcast is actually kind of gone through an avatar of a person who has, uh, who is looking to exonerate their life. And in, I'm doing this for, on purpose because I put an offer statement together for a person like Connor the Millennial. And it's an offer statement because this is an example I'm sharing with you, uh, real time. So that you have an idea on just how powerful it is to reach your avatar and help them exonerate their life and business. So here it is. Ready? This person's profession, right? Connor the Millennial is an online business person. He, he has one started, but he wants to leave his nine to five job. His biggest problem, he feels trapped, unclear, and lack of self-trust, right? His biggest goal is to wake up loving life each day and be financially free and serve his unique value. So I've constructed an offer statement so that I can show and model for you what you can do too with your online business to attract people to your business rather than to get out on the phone and hustle and do all those sales calls. And here it is. Are you growing an online business and feeling trapped, burned out, and uninspired by chasing clients every day? Are you looking to leave your job 
to make a greater impact changing lives by turning your online business into a simple system that exonerates you, creates financial freedom, and allows you to wake up loving life over the next 30 days? And see. <laughs> now, I wanted to share that with the room and the podcast today because it's something I am working on in my own life. And one of my superpowers is helping to facilitate and model success. And this is an offer statement that I've actually put together for my coaching group, which, as you can uh, probably assume, I am naming Exonerate. So I'm using it as a platform to share value with the new media collective about how to put an offer statement together, framing it around exonerating your business and your life, right? So that's what we've been talking about today in our new media collective is how to exonerate your life and business. Um, And as we are nearing the end of our podcast, uh, which is being podcast live from Clubhouse here, uh, thanks to our amazing podcast mogul, Phil Better, and Mastermind member, uh, for recording us today. Um, in the show notes, we will be placing uh, the notes on how you could get in touch with me, Tate Anderson, the facilitator of the New Media Collective, as well as those that scoop on stage. And so if you're listening out there, Go ahead and follow our podcast if you enjoyed this series and like it and share it with your friends because we're building a community in the New Media Collective of conscious entrepreneurs who want lasting relationships and want uh, innovative learning uh, to happen in their lives. So that's that's our values. Those are our goals. Um, And for our wrap-up here, I, I would love to hear one gold nugget of information that you heard today in the New Media Collective. Uh, And I'll start with Phil, because Phil has been our consummate co-moderator and tech host here. So Phil, what's one gold nugget you picked up on today about exonerating your business? Uh, Just to, uh, you know, something that Zavi said a little earlier, just like, you know, you have to go after you. You need to know what you want, and uh, then you can start laying off the gas. So something he said about that, and it it really struck me as something important to be uh, taken into account when you're starting out. A millennial avatar that we have here, and the advice he should be getting. Uh, that is everything. If you're interested in following me, check me out on social media at in at podcaster phil better i thank you so much and uh i'm complete uh phil i am ever grateful and i'm glad that we have this lasting relationship you and me and and the whole mastermind of of people guiding the collective it's great to have you in my life i'm so honored and grateful for that um so aria i'm going to hand the mic to you what's one thing you learned today that you'd like to share with the group Beautiful, my friend. Having patience and connecting with people that are genuine people who want you to succeed and who have your best, absolutely, my friend, who have your best interest in mind. And that is something that I set as the facilitator of the collective. Everyone here has your best interest in mind. And if they don't, put them up. 
I'll I'll take them up on my soapbox and I'll beat them up. No, I'm just kidding. I won't beat anyone up. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Aria. And Aria is a a digital music creator on at Anti Cyclone on Instagram, and he has a YouTube page. So go follow and like his YouTube page uh, and enjoy his music. Uh, Stacy, I'm going to hand the mic. Oh, you're welcome, Aria. Stacy, I'm going to hand the mic to you for any last statements you want to make and maybe one piece of wisdom that you picked up today. Thank you. I'm just glad to be here. I'm grateful to hear, you know, from all of you guys and to join the New Media Collective. Um, I guess, you know, I jumped in kind of late, but I actually wish I was here a little bit earlier, but I'll figure that out next time. But I did, I did realize that we're all at different stages in our lives. And the thing is, we don't have to always be on the same stage at the same time. And I think that's a, a benefit because we get to learn from one another. And I think that's the whole point of joining a group or even being part of the new media collective. It's about learning from others and just knowing that, you know, you're not alone in that process. So I'm just glad that, you know, I did jump into the last few moments and I hope to be a part of this again. Wonderful to have you here, Stacy. And Stacy, you are the founder and host of Ways Off Podcast, and you can be found at at Price on Purpose. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> at Price on Purpose. Price spelled with a Y, P R Y C E on Purpose. Price on Purpose on Instagram. It looks like also at Quality Theory. And you are a motivational speaker, and it comes through, and you love Albert Einstein. You respect him highly. And you know what Albert says is that time is a construct. We construct time. And because we're podcasting this live in the uh, in the New Media Collective on Clubhouse, we are going to magnify and amplify our message out to tens of thousands. And eventually, over time, we'll build this community uh, that we already have built to at about 200 on our private Facebook group and the same on our WhatsApp. And we have a group of about 20 mastermind members guiding the consciousness of this collective. And we have are off to a magnificent start in building momentum to reach out there in due time to those that are ready to jump in. And I did want to recognize Sean out in the audience today. Thank you for jumping in a little bit later in the in the podcast here. Uh, Sean, uh, we are actually ending at this time, but I followed you. And if you want to get in touch with me at Billion Dollar Growth, all one word on Instagram, and I would love to connect you with the New Media Collective, my friend. So this has been episode three of our podcast the billion dollar mind by me tate anderson and the new media collective on exonerating your life and business please uh share this podcast with anyone you think would benefit from it subscribe to our page like our page and follow all of the moderators we will be glad to add value to your life and business and so with that i am going to be ending this room and podcast in five, 